an arbitrary number of minutes past the hour here on the Big BH. Oh, yeah. Looking like several days of chilly and wet temps in the mid to low 40s and a 98% chance of precipitation. But don't let it get you grumpy. Town supervisors have announced that outdoor dining will be permitted this weekend in groups of two or less subject to ad hoc temperature checks. And of course, make sure the I am clean sticker they gave you at the testing shack is clearly visible to your virtual server for easy scanning and decreased delays in service. Hey, hey. Looking at traffic... Five car collision this morning backing up the George Floyd Parkway for miles. Here we go again. A masking mishap and subsequent orgy of road rage is cited as the official cause. Ah. Find an alternate route if you can help it. Don't come crying to me in any case. Hey. Black Friday has been extended indefinitely due to the COVID-19 pandemic. That's right, all the bargains you can stomach while supplies last. And don't forget, even better to stay home because Cyber Monday is every day. Ah. And even greater deals will be available updated hourly. So stay glued to your phone, laptop, tablet, or desktop computer and keep it right here on the big bh where no justice always means no peace like us on facebook love us on twitter worship us on instagram keep smiling and whatever you do kill yourself this is the everly brothers with hard hard year Been a hard, hard year. 
Mm, that's Curd Duca behind me now doing Love. I like Curd Duca, and I don't think he'd mind being used as background music since most of what he does is based on easy listening elevator type stuff. Welcome to Buckaroo Holiday. You heard the Everly Brothers doing Hard Hard Year. That's a Hollies tune that they covered. Both versions are good and very similar, but something about the Everly's has a more uh, heart-tugging quality for me. So that's why I played that one. Began putting this show together during the Thanksgiving holiday weekend, and I think it's important to be thankful, especially during such a hard, hard year. And it's been hard universally, and it's been hard personally. Gratitude is an important way of dealing with that. Good to focus on the things that are important in one's life and the things that are often overlooked, which are usually the same things, right? One thing I'll tell you about today's show is as I prepare for it, usually I start to pick out some songs just to pop into my head, things I'd like to put on the show. And as I began to actually assemble them for consideration, I realized a lot of them uh, had predominant organ parts. Either they were organ pieces or tracks that had a prominent organ. Do you like a prominent organ? Well, then you're going to like this show. Man, it's raining cats and dogs out there. I don't know if you can hear it. I bet you can. Speaking of Thanksgiving, I want to dedicate this show to a friend for whom I am very thankful. Steve. Steve and I have been friends, and I'll say brothers, for decades now. I love him very much. And I'm going to send this show out to him. He's having a hard, hard year himself, and I want things to get better for all of us, and today especially for him. And I'm going to play a song by an artist that uh, you know that I like. And I like him mainly because of Steve, because Steve used to play him incessantly when we were hanging out in his basement. drinking too much and doing other things. <laughs> Neil Young, from Tonight's the Night.
changing sky Each morning when I wake up to rise I'm living in a dreamland Out on Watching my waves Breaking the moon Turning the stars around And when my boat comes in The loving can begin If you're waiting for me When my Taking my dreams out in the world Hoping you'll wait for me Sail on, 
You hear behind me the dulcet strains of Edward McDowell's beautiful and popular piece, To a Wild Rose, here accompanied by chirping birds. You're welcome. What you just heard was a piece by Gordon Young, composer. The Jubilation Suite, that was the beginning of it. It's a long and beautiful piece. It has a kind of a holiday feel to it, I guess. That's not why I played it, though. Just like it. I think it has a um, an accessible modernity to it, okay? Whatever. Uh, it was played by Diane Bish, and you might have seen her on TV. She has a show called The Joy of Music that plays on one of the Christian channels. And she's a composer. I may put one of her pieces on at some point. She's a composer and an educator and a performer. She travels all over the world playing all these various historical organs and supports uh, organ music, the organ literature, and sacred music in particular. She does have a religious bent to her work. It might put some people off. I hope not. It doesn't put me off seeing more and more the value of such things. But at any rate, jubilation is jubilation. And we need it. Absolutely need it. Now, you had a piece before that, which was a demo. Chris White, who was in the Zombies, who was their bass player for a number of years, was trying to do a solo project, I think, in the late 70s, maybe around 78. And he had that song and got together with Rod Argent and Colin Blundstone. So it was essentially a Zombies reunion. And they recorded that track you heard, as I said, a demo. And uh, I don't think it ever got recorded other than that, but it was released on a collection of Latter-day Zombies material, most of which was absent Rod Argent, which is kind of preposterous. It's like having the Beatles without Lennon or something, but um, that song, I think, is pretty beautiful. And New Mama from Neil Young's Tonight's the Night album. There were moments of great lyrical beauty on that album, even though everybody associates it with this churning angst of uh, Neil's uh, grief over the loss of Danny Whitten and Bruce Berry. And the album certainly is that, but uh, it also has those reflective, tender moments. And that one, that one there is especially beautiful. That, that harmony they land on. I remember my friend Jim Gray first pointed it out to me a long time ago, and it just still sends a thrill. So that goes out to Steve, my buddy. I'm going to change the pace a little bit here. Not as much as you might think it does. Uh, Roy Ayers' Ubiquity. Roy Ayers, uh, jazz musician. Pretty influential, real popular with the crate diggers. Did this album called He's Coming. And just like Diane Bish, uh, Roy is very spiritual. And he sings about Jesus in his way. Um, doesn't sing about him on this track, though. The track called We Live in Brooklyn. I think this is killer, really killer. Made in that amazing year, 1971. I, a lot of times I hear things I love and I find out that they're from 1971. Of course, I didn't know this at the time. I heard it years later and it was arresting. I thought it was a new track. Um, it sounds so contemporary. But that just goes to show his influence on a lot of hip-hop and contemporary uh, sample-based music, and funk and whatnot, jazz. Anyway, Brooklyn's always going to be my home in my heart. And this has a note of defiant kind of triumph, optimism. I love it. Roy Ayers' Ubiquity. We live in Brooklyn.
shapes of things behind Kaleidoscoping skies of yesterday Ever on my mind Are the sounds of other times The half-remembered friends and laughing bouncy piece there kind of edges into the sunshine pop territory Lee Raymond ever on my mind that was a single from maybe 68 or 69 I don't know the World Pacific label World Pacific was an offshoot of Pacific Jazz and they aimed to broaden the purview of the label there were a lot of Ravi Shankar and stuff on the label but also had Bob Lind as well as this one-off track by Lee Raymond. And from listening to those, I guess they were interested in sophisticated pop with dippy cosmic lyrics, to judge by Lee Raymond and Bob Lind, who I love. Should play more Bob Lind. Was it, was he singing about kaleidoscopic smiles of yesterday? Very much like um, the kind of lyrics you find in the bright, elusive butterfly of love, you know. And then you heard Air before that, song called In Our Time. And there's a lot of bands called Air, obviously one of those words, you know. There's the French duo to the kind of electronic music. Then John Williams, the classical guitarist, had a oddball fusion kind of an act called Air in the 70s or 80s, I guess. This one, coincidentally, comes from that magic year, 1971. And that features the singing and composition of Googie Coppola. I don't think there's any relation to Francis Ford and the rest of those filmic Coppolas. I could be wrong. She wrote and sang that one in, I think, a kind of a Laura Nero-ish style, which is never a bad thing. Well, I don't want to say it's never a bad thing, but it's a it's a good influence to have. And that song is unusual to me because it, it tends to, it goes, uh, I don't know, it's it's a little bit singer songwriter it's a little bit jazzy, it's a little prog. Gets around. I um, think it's pretty cool stuff. And again, at the top, Roy Ayer's Ubiquity. 
We live in Brooklyn, baby. Now, what would you say to some Igor Stravinsky by way of the Roto-Rooter Good Time Christmas Band?
keeps on falling Sun refused to shine Baby, quit your stalling And say that you are mine Cause I've got so many troubles Girl, I feel like I can cry Going down in the subway Jump on the train tracks and die Subway, I hide these tears of mine Down in the subway, baby Cry, cry, cry to the end of the line Cold-hearted woman, you do me a smile Every day is stormy, call me no one evil child I've got so many troubles, girl, I feel like I Going down in the subway Jump on the train track and die Don't you let me be Cause I've got so many troubles Girl, I feel like I could cry Going down in the subway Jump on the train track and die
couple of things from that interesting period when uh, pub rock morphed over into punk in England. Sweet Gene Vincent by Ian Dury from the new Boots and Panties album. Ian Dury, uh, you know, I think one of the great lyricists in rock and roll. Just brilliant. When you really read through his lyrics, uh, you might not catch it um, just by listening to it. Uh, there's something about his approach and the music that he is that it, it kind of minimizes the um, brilliance of the lyrics that he wrote. But that one, beautiful tribute to Gene Vincent. And then we had uh, Roxette before that by Dr. Feelgood. Really intense little number. There's a live version of it they did on TV that's even more so. And, uh, you know, it's just a forgotten period, I think. Not, well, not forgotten, but it's just neglected. I don't think that those bands get the respect they deserve. They filled in the gap between glam rock and punk. And there's a lot of really great bands and records from that era. Before that, we had a guy named Jack Hammer down in the subway. He was around a long time. He co-wrote Great Bowls of Fire with Otis Blackwell and had a whole bunch of records, including that one. Kind of an intense piece. He was originally from Georgia, but I think most of his live career uh, was over in Europe, where I think his records were a little more popular and well-known. Top of that set was the Rite of Spring by the Roto-Rooter Good Time Christmas Band. Obviously taking off from Stravinsky, but little byways in there with, uh, I think, Funiculi, Funicula, maybe a little saber dance, a few things quoted and touched on in there. They were kind of a street band. They were UCLA music students who played uh, an impromptu concert one Christmas in the early 70s and decided to go professional. And they adopted a kind of a bonzo dog band shtick and they wrote pop songs. Later on, they actually became a pop band called Roto. But while they were the Roto Roto Good Time Christmas band, they did one album on Vanguard that I was pretty fond of when I was a teenager because uh, Dr. Demento used to play it all the time. In fact, they played his theme music, which I think he still uses, which is a cover of a song called Pico and Sepulveda. One of the great all-time weird records, a kind of a, I don't know, is it a mambo? Celebrating the various streets in Los Angeles and the La Brea Tar Pits. It's just a goofball piece of brilliance that they did a nice cover of but i'll play the original at some point maybe later in the show but as you can hear they were pretty able musicians and most of their stuff was pretty comical and shticky and kind of dorky really you know but uh, they deserve to be remembered so um hey get a load of this if he'd be a buckaroo by his trade i have him a hundred ready made that's right it's the buckaroo holiday theme and if he Mid lyrics? Huh? So, as is well known, Aaron Copeland used a lot of American folk melodies in his pieces, and all, they're all over Rodeo. That piece is an old cowboy song called If He'd Be a Buckaroo. And what's great about it, well, by the way, that version of it, I'm going to play the complete version of it in a second. It's by Peggy Seeger and Tom Paley. And apart from providing fodder for Copeland, who was able to really draw colors out of melodies that sound just so plain and ordinary, you know, I don't think anybody would have ever heard the Shaker hymn Simple Gifts and come up with anything like the majesty that he was able to draw from it and the variations he used in Appalachian Spring. 
And uh, this is another one. I just, I've always loved the simple but incredibly effective harmonization that he does with that line with the trombone that I open every show with. But I thought it'd be worth revisiting the original song and the lyrics of it because, you know, a lot of people make a big deal about the lusty qualities of a lot of folk music, particularly blues music and um, other things like that. I think that the uh, one characteristic of folk music worldwide is that it's got this lusty quality. This was music of the ordinary people, and some of it was pretty dirty, really. There were some things that uh, I was going through uh, that I almost put in the English folk rock show that were hilariously pornographic. The only problem is the versions were much more trad folk, and it would have veered away from the bailiwick of the show. So I didn't do them, but... Let's look at this one. I'm going to play it for you. It's only about a minute long, so relax. But the lyrics are the thing that make this interesting. The As you heard her singing, if, lyric was, If he'd be a buckaroo by his trade, I'd have him a hondu ready-made. And if he throws his turns on right, he'll have my hondu every night. What a hondu is is a uh, little loop, like a almost a noose-like loop that you would use uh, in roping cattle. It's, it's like a slipknot. Of course, the rope goes through the loop, and, you know, this is what she's referring to. If, if he can handle that rope correctly, he'll have her hondu every night. And the song continues like that. It's kind of like a, a dirty precursor to uh, If I Were a Carpenter by Tim Martin. <laughs> In the second verse, she sings, If he'd be a preacher by his trade, I'd have him a pulpit ready-made. <laughs> I'll take his Bible in my hand. Together we'll go to the promised land. I just love that. Uh, you know, it, it, there's, a, there's a stereotype of like the backwoods American that they're the Bible thumpers. You know, but here she is, you know, the Bible is a cock. Let's face it. <laughs> And that's a lusty sort of the metaphor, you know? I think it's hilarious and it's great. It belies a lot of the judgment that's placed on these people, this culture, this music. There's the, next, the next one is, if he'd be a shepherding by his trade, I'd have him a corral already made. If ever he want to separate, he can go through my dodging gate. And, you know, you get it. If he'd be a sailor by his trade, I'd have him a ship already made with him to row and me to steer, to bring him a cargo once a year. And I, I reckon the cargo is children. But uh, it's it's a really lighthearted approach to sex, you know, and that, um, what I love about it is nothing leering and smutty about it. It's it's just natural. It's it's humor and it's uh, affectionate. I think it's terrific. Here the here are those verses sung by Peggy and Tom. If he'd be a buckaroo by his trade, I have him a hondu ready made. And if he throw his turns on right, I'll have my hondu every night with his ring ting tinny and his ring ting hey, with his ring ting tinny and his ring ting ho. If he'd be a preacher by his trade, I have him a pulpit ready made. I'll take his Bible in my hand, together we'll go to the promised land with his ring ting tinny and his ring ting hey, with his ring ting tinny and his ring ting ho. If he be a sheep herder by his trade, I have him a corral already made. If ever he wants to separate, he can go through my dodging gate with his ring ting tinny and his ring ting hey, with his ring ting tinny and his ring ting ho. If he be a sailor by his trade, I have him a ship already made. With him to row me to steer to bring 
bring home a cargo once a year with his ring ting tinny and his ring ting hey with his ring ting tinny and his ring ting ho.
sat down to lunch, and while I was tucking my bib, I heard time's teeth come together crunch, and I felt a sharp pain in my rib. And I thought how the years get short, while the days get longer, and how old men get weak, old women stronger. And the wind I feel now feels nice to me, but later the same wind will blow right through me, and the wind is laughing. collecting circles is a kind of condescending genre called loner folk it's a term for self-released albums by usually single artists acoustic guitar vocal these recordings are usually pretty lo-fi and i guess they give the impression that there's something a little unhinged about the person you know uh, that makes it kind of romantic i think to record collectors there's like the jandek thing on the extreme end of it and then there's just these guys who do more or less Neil Young type of stuff, but because nobody's ever heard of them, and they often have this cheap, cavernous recorded quality. When I say guys, also there's women that do it too. There's any number of acoustic, strumming, haunted-sounding women. And the records have a kind of a numinous quality to them because of this mystery. But as you'd expect, a lot of them are not that great musically. Their appeal is really in this extrinsic quality. Now, this guy that you just heard, I think, is an exception. His name is Christopher Montgomery, and he did an album sometime in the earlier mid-70s called Connecticut Elegy. It's become a kind of a cult item among people who search out stuff like this. So apparently he wrote the music and Keith Waldrop wrote the words to this song, The Wind is Laughing. And it's really worth studying the lyrics. I think they're pretty outstanding. 
Uh, my love and I sat down to lunch, and while I was tucking my bib, I heard Time's teeth come together, crunch, and I felt a sharp pain in my rib. And I thought how the years get short while the days get longer, and how old men get weak, old women stronger. And the wind I feel now feels nice to me, but later the same wind will blow right through me, and the wind is laughing. I mean, you know what I mean? Jeez. I mean, it's dark, but it isn't just dark. There's humor to it, and it's um, poetic, you know? I'll continue. My love and I sat down to dinner, and while I was fanning my soup, my love said my hair was looking thinner, and I felt my shoulders beginning to stoop. And I thought how, although it's likely I'll still adore her, the safest bet is always to bet on horror. What the fuck, right? The safest bet is always to bet on horror. And then the, and the wind, and I feel now, feels nice to me, etc. Um, final verse. My love and I got up for breakfast, and while I was gulping my yolk, my love, whose laugh is as quick as the quickest, laughed. And we laughed till I thought I would choke. And I know the air is poison and no water's healing. And years are going to blow by forever without feeling. But the wind we feel now feels nice to us. And later the same wind will blow right through us. But the wind is laughing. The fuck, man? You know, I don't know. I, I think that's something special. Anyway, I hope you liked it, despite the sonic um, sketchiness of it. Before that, you heard a little bit of Into the Night. It's a piece by the great film composer Elmer Bernstein. It was from a movie called The Gypsy Moths. And then before that, a piece called Briar Patch by George Benson and Jack McDuff. A little Joel Chandler Harris reference there in the title, I guess, which puts us back in the folk realm a bit. Just like our first cut in the set, that Buckaroo song by Peggy Seeger. I've been listening to some really terrific music by a Chilean composer and organist currently based in Switzerland. I don't know if I can pronounce her name correctly. Catalina Vicens, V-I-C-E-N-S. I'll tell you more about her later, but here's a short piece called Trans Animam.
And there we'll be quiet and listen a while are down by the bridge this evening the river. Silently, the river runs deep, as does the time between us.
silence to hear once more her footsteps down the shadow corridor frightened your overdue Outside my window On silver trumpets Children play I stand here watching The dying Of an ageless day Dismiss young couples Who go home To their knowing beds And watch the rooftops Where silent shadows Slowly tread Sleeping Brothers there with Archangel from 1966. Around the time Scott really started becoming Scott Walker. Or I guess when Scott Walker really started becoming Scott Engel, coming into his own terrific record. And you got a prominent organ there. Before that it was Anecdoten or Anecdoten, I'm not sure. A-N-E-K-D-O-T-E-N. They're a Swedish progressive band, put out that record in 2015. And the guitarist on that track, actually, was Marty Wilson Piper, who used to play, and probably still does, I guess, with The Church, did that big hit, Under the Milky Way. I 
hung out with him one night at a Kill Rockstars party downtown in New York City. And it was an unpleasant night for me for a number of reasons. I don't know. I don't want to get into it too much, but a lot of young hipster asshole types that were just getting on my nerves. I don't know. Not being hostile to me or anything. Just it was a scene I wasn't digging for a, a few reasons. And this guy just started talking to me. I guess he realized we were both the old guys in the room. And um, I found him to be uh, opinionated and witty and very smart and friendly. So uh, I like all those things in a person, especially in that combination. In the course of our conversation, he told me that he, his name was Marty Wilson Piper. And I went, oh, yeah, you're the guy with the church. And uh, I wish I had gotten to know him better. But it was a great night. We, we had a lot of laughs. Swell guy. And he's been playing with them. I think he guessed it on that song. And he's been part of the band, as far as I know, ever since. My beloved Bill Fay did Down to the Bridge. That was the version of it. That was the demo on the um, from the bottom of a grandfather clock album. There's another version of it that's also wonderful. That's on, um, I think, the time of the last Persecution album. And at the top, as I said, Trans Animam, Catalina Vicens. And I'm going to play something else by her, I think, this show, because she's somebody that I've been really taken by. She specializes in ancient music and ancient instruments, keyboard instruments, organs, harpsichords. And she plays all this medieval and Renaissance work and also composes very contemporary work for these same instruments. And her stuff, I think, is gorgeous and unpredictable. The ancient stuff sounds modern as tomorrow. The contemporary stuff that she's composed sounds timeless. And the old instruments, which she... Um, not only plays, but is involved in reconstructing, rebuilding these things, um, have a sound that's often magical. So uh, I'll, I'll play another piece by her later on, because uh, that was a brief taste. And I know I often promise that with artists and never get to it, but I'll get to this one. I swear. I swear. I swear. Fuck shit. See? I swear. <laughs> Ain't I droll? I thought that I was dreaming when you said you loved me. Out of nothing, I had no chance to prepare. I couldn't see you coming. The start of nothing, ooh, I could hit you now. It's quite alright to hit me now. When we both know that deep down, the feeling still deep down is good. We both know the deep down the feelings. 
probably feel better by the weekend Still remember that you're going crazy Screaming my name The feeling deep down is good I thought that I was dreaming When you said you loved me The start of nothing Had no chance to prepare
way is long, the night is dark, but I don't mind, cause a happy lark will be singing at the end of the road. I can't go wrong, I must go right, I'll find my way, cause a guiding light will be shining at the end of the road. There may be thorns in my path, oh, but I'll wear a smile, cause in a little while, my path will be roses. The rain may fall from up above, but I won't stop, cause the ones I love will be waiting at the end of the road. that song waiting at the end of the road for a King Vidor film, the great, great King Vidor film of his called Hallelujah from 1929 recommended as is everything he did our daily bread, the crowd street scene, ay 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 but anyway, waiting at the end of the road kind of an all-star effort there it's uh, the Paul Whiteman band with Bing Crosby on a vocal Bix Beiderbeck playing his last solo with the Whiteman band there. At that very session, his alcoholism brought him to a spectacular breakdown, and he didn't last much longer. Making that recording the equivalent kind of, of uh, Charlie Parker's uh, Lover Man on dial, kind of a morbid souvenir. The song was arranged by Ferdy Grofay, the composer of the Grand Canyon Suite. And you can hear at the beginning of that, he quotes the old Negro spiritual, as they used to call him, going home, which also formed the basis of the previous piece, Dvorak, the Largo from the New World Symphony. When I had the task of arranging the funeral of my brother Brian, I was on the phone with these uh, real assholes at St. Joseph's Church. Just cold-hearted, officious scum, I'll tell you. They gave me the choice of tunes that we could play at his funeral, and uh, they were all these really dreary hymns. That was the one exception. A lot of them were these cornball, latter-day hymns, the kind of shit they listen to these days. It's really, really bad stuff. Nothing in common with the hymns that inspired me as a kid. But of course, they insist that you use this stuff because they don't want any surprises at these funerals. You know, because the funeral has nothing to do with the person being buried or the people mourning. It has to do with communal propriety, I guess, you know? God forbid individuality enter our lives or our deaths. You know what I'm saying? Maybe you do. Let's all join hands and go, rah, for the individual. Anyway, Going Home to Largo by Antonin Dvorak, the great Czech composer. Dvorak loved America. Imagine that. 
and was introduced to the music of black America by the great Harry Burley, who I should talk about sometime on this show, introduced him to these spirituals, which formed the basis of the New World Symphony. And before that, we heard Breakaway by the Beach Boys, Brian Wilson's last great production for Capitol before he took the band over to Warner Brothers. Incredibly, a chart failure has disappeared. Everybody was too busy uh, lapping up things like the little damp turd by the Beatles called Get Back and Elvis Presley's Maudlin in the Ghetto. Sometimes people en masse make really stupid decisions and sometimes those decisions are made for them and they just go along with them. So do we blame the public or do we blame the record industry for the failure of Breakaway? Well, fuck them all, but at least we have the record. Thank you, Brian. And regarding the Dvorak piece, also, thank you, Brian. Now, you got the Beach Boys, why not have the ocean? Namely, Frank Ocean, singer and songwriter, with his 2016 song, Ivy, which I think is terrific, and the sound of it is um, kind of beautifully corrupted, if you know what I mean. Don't you love all my opinionizing? Of course you do, admit it. What do you think, Beverly?
Bitchin Motet from 1586 by Palestrina. Jesu Rex Admirabilis. Jesus, King who I admire so much, is the accepted translation. A little awkward, I think. Better in the Latin. Palestrina was a composer working mainly in Rome, born in a town that he is named after. Palestrina. I love his work. I think it's pretty beautiful. And I was reminded of it because Mark Sandman of Morphine actually died in the town of Palestrina. He died pretty young. He was in his 40s, earlier mid-40s, I guess. And that was a song of his called Cure for Pain. And that was the name of the album also. Amazing band, Morphine. I thought they did some powerful stuff. Just this low, heavy, dark stuff. Some of it was kind of lively, like Buena, but it always had this... Uh, the, the instrumentation was very like baritone sax and bass guitar, no real bright instruments. If you don't know Morphine, and you probably do, but if you don't, you should check them out. For that, it was Curie by Jean-Louis Costis. Costis? Costis? 
He's a most of his work is this really confrontational, extreme underground type stuff. He worked with Lisa Suckdog, if you've heard of her. You know what I'm talking about. But that is um, harmonium music that has a tender beauty to it. I'll go for that. Kyrie, as you'll remember from Mr. Mr. There's another little bit of Latin from the Mass. Begging the Lord for mercy. Something I can understand. Billy Larkin and the Delegates. It doesn't matter anymore. It was released in I think, 67 or 68 on the World Pacific label, which I mentioned that label earlier when you heard that track by Lee Raymond, Ever On My Mind. So Billy Larkin and the Delegates doing that great groovy organ soul thing. And that was a good example of it. And from pretty much that same era, maybe slightly earlier, Beverly who was Beverly Martin, who you heard on the last show, the British folk show, when she was with her husband, John Martin. But this was earlier. Around 1966, they tried to make a pop star out of her, and she wrote that song, Where the Good Times Are. I think it was released on Derham Records, and the band accompanying her, um, if it sounds pretty rockin', it ought to be, because it's old guys who became superstars pretty shortly thereafter. You had Jimmy Page on guitar, John Paul Jones on bass, both from a little band I like to call Led Zeppelin later on. Then, uh, you know, Nicky Hopkins, Alan White, all kicking up a lovely ruckus behind Beverly Martin and her terrific song. Speaking of uh, mainstream rock stars taken out of their usual context, how about something by John Entwistle?
Jeez, I just realized that we're uh, pretty much at the two-hour mark, aren't we? And I got to do all my uh, self-aggrandizement. Haven't even done that yet. Got to let me aggrandize myself. Go aggrandize yourself. That was part of the Squonk Diptych by Catalina Vicens, Vicens, or however you pronounce it. But anyway, I promised it to you before, a little more of her stuff. And I'm still not really at the point where I've conveyed what she does, I don't think. I'll mention that I had that set aside to play today. I was actually going to do a trilogy of squonk pieces, which is, you know, squonk is this um, mythological beast from American folklore that just weeps and weeps and weeps because it's so ugly. It has captivated the imagination of all sorts of artists, and I was going to do a medley of that piece by Catalina and a song by Genesis called Squonk, and the Steely Dan song, Any Major Dude, which mentions the squonk. But it's problematic, as people say these days. Problematic, because uh, everybody hates Steely Dan, except me and T-Fab and Joe. Everybody else is a fucking moron, but, you know, so be it. I don't want to, you know... I don't want to, you know, uh, yeah, you know. And the thing with the Genesis song is, it's like uh, fucking, you know, it's Genesis. <laughs> Post Peter Gabriel Genesis, which I don't have a lot of patience for most of it, and I don't like the piece, to tell you the truth. So the theme of Squonk, much as it appealed to me, died on the vine. See, I'm letting you know any inner workings of the show here, you know? It's like a little peek behind the curtain. Isn't it exciting? I know. John Antwistle gave you apron strings from his Whistle Rhymes album, 1972. Okay, so um, we got uh, a few more commissions, actually. I'm kind of pr- fairly amazed the commissions are coming, and people are paying me money to put together custom shows. So we've had a couple so far. And uh, there are going to be some more coming up. But it's uh, terrific, you know. It's flattering, and it certainly helps to make a couple of bucks to keep this going and uh, maybe get a little holiday spending going. So thank you for that. I, uh, I'm very touched by the very tangible show of support that these things represent, and I'll do my best to, to live up to your trust and earn your generosity. Thank you. If you want to make a commission, the way I go about it is I let people name the price. These people have been pretty generous, but I think it feels weird to me. I don't want to charge for it. It's like a, it's on an honorarium, I guess, or something. You know what I mean? It's like people, it's like going to the museum. You know, pay what you can. I, I don't know. And if you're hell bent on supporting me, but you don't want to commission a particular show, there's always the Patreon, Patreon.com. You could look me up as Buckaroo Holiday, I think, or as Mike Sport Murphy, either one. But you can pledge a little money, you know. They, they subtly take it out of your pocket every month. It comes into mine. It's a wonderful arrangement. Uh, and there's those extra shows there. And uh, the contest. Um, the raffle, which, you know, I've been promising one shortly, but um, I, it's coming. I'm, I'm doing a lot of pieces. I want to get a bunch of them out to, to loyal listeners. So it'll take a little longer, but um, what are you going to do? If you want to get in touch with me, reach me on MeWe, because I'm not on Facebook anymore and will not return. I miss a lot of people. 
but I don't miss Facebook, and um, it's a pretty central part of something I consider to be unprecedented, horrific, and terribly destructive. So I ain't gonna do it no more. Messenger is still connected um, by necessity because a lot of people, that's my only point of contact with them. So you do have friends on Facebook who wonder what became of me. They can write me through Messenger, but I'm just not going to participate in Facebook itself. As I've mentioned before, I use MeWe for the social media thing. And I'm not very active on it. Nobody is much, but it's there and you can join me there. Maybe it'll become active if more of you join me there. I ain't counting on it. These are lonely days, and I don't see that changing, really. But here we, here we are at the end. I think I'll leave with two numbers today. You know I like to do these occasional doo-wop things. I got a beautiful one here by a band called Descenders. I think it's kind of lovely. And, you know, doo-wop is kind of like scotch. You know, if you don't like it, it's unpleasant, and it's always the same. It's just this hot, disgusting thing in your mouth. <laughs> if you do like it, there are infinite subtle variations in flavor and pleasure you can take from it. So if you're one of them, here you go. The Senders from 1959 with I Dream of You. And then after that, I'm going to tack on a piece by NRBQ. Do you feel it? And I hope you do. Thanks for listening to Buckaroo Holiday. See you next time.
with his ring ting tinny and his ring ting hey with his ring ting tinny and his ring ting ho.